The Christian and the church are to be found by Christ praying. Jesus has asked when he returns if he will find faith on the earth. I think if he does not, it won't be that there are no churches. I think it will be because there is no prayer or little prayer heard from those churches. Let's commit to being found at prayer. Prayer that moves our communities closer to Christ and his salvation and that moves us closer to those communities that so badly need him. Hello folks, I'm Joe Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its associate fellowship, The Bread of Life, in Boise, Idaho. Our ministry has found expression in over 40 countries. To learn more, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. We're considering 1 Timothy 2.8, where Paul says, I desire that in every place men pray, lifting up holy hands. Today, we'll consider why holiness is so vital in our prayers. Our prayers must rise from holy hands and holy lips to a holy God. And here's the first thing I want you to consider this morning. This is true. This is necessary because prayer is how we battle against the enemy. This is true and this is necessary because prayer is how we battle against the enemy. We read in our scripture reading today, Ephesians 6, there we saw that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the spiritual powers in heavenly places. Ultimately, we wrestle against the God of this age, Satan himself. Ephesians 6 calls us to put on the armor of God and then to pray. We're to suit up for the battle, placing upon ourselves the provisions of Jesus Christ as our truth and Christ as our righteousness and Christ as the author and perfecter of our faith who lives out faith from us and Christ Jesus as our peace and Christ as our salvation in every way and Christ as the word of God to our hearts and from our lips. We're to put on Christ. In fact, Paul, on another occasion, I think it's in Romans chapter 13, shortens down this idea of putting on the armor of God, and he just says, put on Jesus Christ. It's his life, his presence, his power. It's his saving work, bringing out from us all the virtues of his life. And then we're to go out in the virtues of Jesus Christ to pray. We're to go out having armed ourselves and clothed ourselves with Jesus to engage in the battle and pray. And it's in the prayer that the wrestling takes place. It's in prayer where the action takes place. We clothe ourselves with Christ in order to go out to do something. Pray. Satan is active in our world. He's seeking to conduct his business of destruction in our world. I think now he knows that he will lose the war but he seeks to win as many battles as he can through the process. And he desires to take as many with him in his destruction as possible. And so he's active on the world scene to coordinate ruin and destruction by whatever means necessary. He works at a micro level on each individual heart, coming upon them in the minutia of the decisions that you make on a day-in and day-out basis. And he works in the macro level, formulating and promulgating the worldviews and world movements that drive people away from God, the God who made them and the God who loves them and the God who would redeem them. He seeks to drive men in their thoughts and their understanding and their perspective and their responses. He seeks to gather them together in an alliance that would pursue and live for and exalt all of their instincts of living a life without him, without God. Satan does all of these things in order to bring people into destruction and this is the battle he's waging upon this earth, and this is the battle he wages upon individuals and individual people, and 
It's the battle he wages upon you. And we're with one another and we're by one another and our job is to pray for one another. And we're in our communities and our job is to pray for our communities. And Satan has this war and he's waging this war against those in your home and you're in your home in order that you might pray for those in your home. And Satan is waging this war against this nation and you're in this nation to stand in the gap as the people of God to pray against his devices in this nation, in this world. And this is God's call upon our lives. If you seek to arm yourself with all of the life of Jesus Christ and then you don't go to prayer, you're like a man wearing a suit of armor while he's drinking a glass of tea in his home. It's foolishness and senselessness. It has no purpose. You arm yourselves in this way in order to engage in a battle, in a wrestling match, in order to take your place in the gap. The church that just gathers together to find out how they can live a more holy life and a pure life and pursues that in their life in order that they might get measures against one another and others are just living their life in legalism for their own self-satisfaction. We arm ourselves in these things and we clothe ourselves in this array of holiness of Christ's life in order that we might go with him in his engagement to the world to bring himself and the knowledge of himself to all the world and to bring a defeat to the one who seeks to bring destruction upon this world and to tread him down. We arm ourselves for holiness in order to engage in the battle of prayer. But that said, if you go to pray and you go to seek God's favor and you go to pray for your family, you go to pray for your neighborhood, you go to pray for your nation and you're not armed, and clouding yourself in the holiness of Jesus Christ, you're going out on the battle lines naked. You're exposed and you will be defeated and your prayers will fail. It's true for those in the church. It's true for the nation. It's true for your home. You pray and intercede for your children, but your own life has massive gaps where you're not living in surrender to Christ and you're not producing holiness in your life or you're not letting Him produce holiness in your life. Your prayers will fail. They'll fail. Because the enemy is there and he's seeking to take advantage of every place where he finds the lack and the failure for us to arm ourselves in holiness. He finds every place where we're not willing to clothe ourselves in Jesus Christ and he finds our weakness and he brings his battle in that place. He brings defeat to us. We clothe ourselves in all the holy life of Jesus Christ because we're going out against an enemy in a battle. That's what prayer is. It's a battle. Here's another point here. Our prayers must rise from holy hands and holy lips to a holy God because our prayers are made as a responsive cord to that holy God. The prayer God answers is the prayer that resonates from his own holiness. God responds to the prayers that he has himself inculcated in our heart and our spirit by his Holy Spirit. And we receive and we carry out and we hear and we catch the note of God's longing desires when we live in holiness, when our lives are reflecting a deep sympathy for who he is. And as we come in sympathy with him, we resonate back to him the things that he desires and he longs to do and that's what prayer is, and that's how God answers. And so, make no mistake, God makes no promise to hear and answer the prayers of the hypocrite. God makes no promise to hear and answer the prayers of the spiritually and morally lazy. God makes no promise to hear and answer the prayers of the spiritual and morally sloppy. You live in compromise, your prayers are compromised. Holiness is what God calls for in those who are to pray to him. And holiness is what God answers when he hears that in your prayers. 
God has promised them to hear and respond. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, God says this. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. He listens as we live in conformity to His will and His way. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart are perfect towards Him. God is looking for holy people who are submitted and surrendered to Him, who are receiving the outflow of the life of Jesus Christ. He's looking for those individuals to stand in, armed in the life of Jesus Christ, clothed in Jesus Christ. He's looking in order that to them He might show Himself strong. He might reveal his power and his work in the world, in our world, in our land today. The question we have to ask ourselves is, how certain are we that our prayers are heard by God? How certain are we that God is ready to show himself strong in answer to our prayers? The church of our land has been praying for some time. The question has to be, and to some extent, is God listening? In this sense, it's most important for us to manage our prayers in a posture of complete and utter holiness. Is this happening in your life? You know, as a pastor, I desire that you might come to live this Christ-filled, Christ-developed, holy life, and I desire it for your own sakes. I want you to experience the blessing that comes to your life when you live in complete surrender to God, as you obey Him and follow Him by His own enabling and by His own power, not because you're trying to achieve something for yourself, but as an expression of the gratitude and joy you have in His salvation. You align yourself with God's purposes. You put yourself in a place to be receptive, to receive not only His Word so you know how to pray, but also his benefits and his blessing and his truth that brings great joy and delight to you. Living a holy life is not a sad pursuit. It's not a strain pushing your way up some steep hill. It's a, it's a joy once you catch the, the wind of the Holy Spirit beneath you and he lifts you and carries you. And so I desire it for your own delight. I desire it so that you might have a rich relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I desire it so that your life might, in your home, shine and reflect his presence. But as I look at this passage, I see and I begin to understand that I should want you to be holy. I should want to be holy. We should desire and long together to be corporately holy so that our great duty to reach lost people and come into that work through our prayers, our strategic prayers, might not be jeopardized. The nation of Israel comes into the promised land where God says that they're to occupy that place and take it over. God gives them a tremendous victory as they just march around the city of Jericho. And he brings the walls crumbling down. From this massive city of Jericho, the nation moves on to battle a little village called Ai. And they're defeated in, in the city or town of Ai because one individual by the name of Achan, one individual in their midst, took the things of Jericho that were meant to be devoted completely and wholly to God alone. He took them for himself and he hid them in an act of selfishness, you know, desire to fulfills some point of lust in his life. Because of that, a great victory came upon the whole nation of Israel. And God was teaching us and showing us that the compromise that takes place in the life of the individual impacts the whole. Your life of holiness is important so that we together may pursue the mission that God has given us. 
We're to pray for one another and seek holiness in one another's lives in order that God might accomplish together from us what God wants to accomplish from us in our community, in our world, in our families. We're to pray so that they're not brought some cord of compromise in the way we live together and the way we pray together. We're to pray and seek these things so that God might equip us and arm us. And when we are living in failure and we don't see progress, we ought to ask God, reveal any place where there is hidden within me, in my heart, some hidden sins, some rebellion, some resistance to you, so that we may, I may individually come to you, responsive to you, and corporately we may become responsive to you, so that together we may accomplish your will and be that people that will stand in the gap on behalf of our families. And the mission you have in your family is the same way again. I'm telling you, it's the same way again. You pray for your children. You long for your children to grow up to serve the Lord and be holy. You pray with the desire to see them come back, even if they wander away, come back into the richness and fullness of God's salvation, to come to an end in themselves, to learn by their wandering, dear God, that there's nothing in themselves, and to discover, even as they go into sin, how wretched and sinful they are and how much in need they are of a Savior to redeem them and wash them and cleanse them. And you pray for them, but the result ultimately depends, to some extent, at least according to what I understand here, to your capacity to lift up holy hands, If you're living in compromise in your own homes, in your own families, as you pray for your children, God knows it, and it undermines the power and influence of your prayers. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting, or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.